0: Welcome to an action-packed collaboration between the Daily Degenerate podcast and Hot Takes with TP3. I'm joined via FaceTime and the Daily Degenerate studios with none other than our man, TP3 Thomas Penland. He's already about to hop out of his damn skin. He was excited after a first 130 NBA playoff game.
1: Yeah, I mean, Cohen, what can I say, man? That was like, that is playoff basketball right there. That is what we've missed for so long because of quarantine, like i did very well on my bets in that game. You know, honestly, I was sitting there. Y'all should. I wish y'all. Honestly, that was one of those games where I actually wish we had a camera recording me watch. Y'all should have seen me. I got done with my meetings, got done with my calls. I was like, all right, I'm gonna, before I get back to work, I'm gonna watch in this game real quick. I was freaking out, like cres- like cussing out the Nuggets. Next thing I know, we go to overtime, baby, and it's all smiles and laughter after that.
0: So let me go ahead. Let me go ahead and say this: despite Donovan Mitchell's ungodly 57 points today. This loss is kind of on him because of the eight-second violation that he took up four with about 38 seconds to go in the game. That really puts a bad taste in my mouth. Like Mitchell, he he outperforms himself and he does all this, puts up 57 breaks to the Utah Jazz postseason scoring single-game record. And then makes a a dumb young mistake to let the Nuggets back in it and take us to overtime, and they just dominate in overtime. So that's kind of where we're at right now. But I did good. I had Nuggets money line before it moved really, really, really really sharply. Yeah, I know. But um, I, I, I'll never bet on my team because of my own bias. But because of my knowledge about my team, I will bet against my team because I can pick out losses. Like The Braves have like 10 losses this year. I've correctly predicted like 8 of those. So I will bet against my team, but I will never bet for my team. Thomas Penland, the first round is currently underway. The Raptors and the Nets are currently playing. We are a little bit late to the game, but it is never too late to preview the first round. What do you say we start off in the Eastern Conference?
1: Yeah, let's do it. I mean, yeah, like you said, you know, there's never too late to preview the first round. We got a good bit of these games left anyway. I mean, it's, we're only two games in, and I mean, we all know what's happening to you. So Yeah, let's let's do it, Cone. Let's get down to it, man. All right.
0: So the first one and eight matchup that we're going to discuss is in the Eastern Conference: the number one seed Milwaukee Bucks against the number eight seed Toronto Magic. A good eight seed in the Toronto. You mean Magic. Uh, the, the Orlando, Orlando Magic? The O, the Indian uh, in O. Fucks with me. The um, best eight seed, I think, uh, in the Eastern Conference that they've had in a while. They're plus two thousand to win the series. The Bucks are minus ten thousand to win the series. What's the chance for a Magic upset?
1: Negative one hundred, I would say. I mean, honestly, I couldn't think. I mean, I think the series will be over in four games. The Bucks could mess around, play their worst game this season. And I think they'll still win every game. Look, the only way to beat the biggest way to beat the Bucks, is we all know. Their 3 point defense is pretty porous. You can def- if you can come out there hit 18 threes like we saw the Nets do. You're going to have a pretty good chance to beat the Bucks. And the Magic not exactly the team to do that. They're very big man oriented. They don't have Jonathan Isaac anymore, which is a huge blow to them. To be honest with you, I think the Magic, you know, might try to put up a little fight and start the series off, maybe keep these games close at the beginning, but ultimately i think toronto will be able to handle i mean you got see, me thinking yeah, toronto see, there you go no nah, no i think i think the i think the bucks will come out here though and handle their business and i think they'll get out with the, you know i think it'll be a lot like the first round matchup against the pistons last year i think they'll win each game by about 10 12 points
0: um chris middleton some of the bucks role players that we've seen not show up come playoff time um have they righted that wrong or the bucks role players going to step up this time around
1: um, In the first round, yes, but as the playoffs goes along, I would say no, to be honest with you. I mean, I don't think the Bucks are going to win the East anymore, to be honest with you. I think I've centered it on a new team. and I, I, I see, you know, like you said, Cohn, we're not going to go deeply into like what's going to happen in the future. But I think we should definitely say if we're sticking with our original predictions and stuff for the finals. So I'll give you all more of that in a little bit. But honestly, no, I really don't. I think outside. I mean, when you think about it too, Bledsoe and Connaughton are kind of out of shape, and they're very key guys for this team. I mean, they're still trying to play their way back into shape and everything. I will say this though, I did like seeing the Bucks come back from down ten to beat the Heat. I thought it showed they actually had a backbone, which is something I wasn't sure if they had or not. So that actually impressed me a little bit. But in this series, I definitely like the Bucks here to win easily. I don't even know why we're going into great detail on it.
0: I think because the Bucks to put their foot on the throat of the Orlando Magic and to snap the throat of the Orlando Magic, the role players do need to step up. And that's why my X Factor for this series is going to be Chris Middleton. Any sort of good three-point contribution from him can easily get a four- or five-game sweep. I have the Bucks going over the Orlando Magic in five games.
1: Oh, See, I'm going to go with the Bucks in four games. And, you know, just because you went with Middleton as your X Factor, I'm going to go on the opposite side here, and I'll give you all the Magic's X Factor. The Magic want to win a game or two their X factor is going to have to be Terrence Ross. And the reason why I say Terrence Ross is because that him and Evan, you know, and him and Foyner, because honestly, in my opinion, they're pretty much the same player. These guys are going to have to knock down three balls. Like I said, that's the, really the one weakness in the game for the Bucs. And if they can come down there and trade three balls to the Bucks, they'll be fine. Because, I mean, outside of Giannis, pretty much everybody on the Bucs can check up threes. So you're going to have to be able to hit 18, 20 threes in order to beat them. So those two guys are going to have to be the ones to get the three-point party started for them.
0: The next series we're going to talk about is the 2 and 7 matchup, the number 2 seed the Toronto Raptors versus the number 7 Brooklyn Nets. The Nets young guys have looked good, but do they have the firepower for the defending champs, Thomas Pinlin, what do you think?
1: Absolutely not. I think this is the most lopsided series in the entire NBA playoffs to be honest with you. I mean the, the, they're just light years ahead of the Nets. Nets are already playing pretty much out of their top, like, guys. Pretty much the only one of them they have out of their top six, seven players is Karis LeVert. I mean, he's been balling out, but the length of Siakam is more than enough to stop him and all these other defensive guys. are out. You know, Raptors are dogs, man. Like, they run up and down that court. They play eight, nine guys you are going to go in there and play 110% and not play out of control 100% percent 10%, play under control. They got way too many bodies to throw at them. They're going to be able to shut down LeVert, and they're going to make a bunch of G-Leaguers try to beat them, which isn't going to Happen. Nick Nurse is too smart to mess around in this series.
0: Let's say that the Brooklyn Nets, just for kicks and giggles, had had their original lineup with Kyrie, Torian Prince, Kevin Durant, and all the new additions. How, how do you think this series would fare out?
1: I think they could win two games of that lineup. I mean, shit, if Kevin Durant played, I mean, we'd be talking about a real series here. I mean, I think the Nets, when they have Kevin Durant and Dinwiddie, and honestly, screw Kyrie Irving. I'd rather have him out there with LeVert and, and Durant as the one, two and Dinwiddie. I mean, don't get me wrong, Kyrie's a great player, but he stops the ball. You get Dinwiddie out there and you get ball movement, I mean, we could be talking about a seven-game series, even possible first-round upset with a healthy Kevin Durant there.
0: If, uh, if the Nets had all their guys, I think they would win that series, actually. But let's talk about Toronto. The defending champs lost their leading scorer, Kawhi Leonard over the offseason. But when you look at the way they played, not just in the bubble, but even before that, when the season was really going on, they didn't seem like they've missed much of a beat.
1: Um, You know, I, I agree completely, honestly. I mean, Nick Nurse didn't get enough credit for the job he's done. In my opinion, he's the NBA coach of the year. You know, I think that there's no way I can't pick him. He pretty much had the exact same outcome in the regular season without Kawhi Leonard, and I mean, it's Kawhi Leonard. He's arguably top-five player in the league.
0: So for the Toronto Raptors, I think their X factor to win this series is Fred Van Fleet. We hear all this ruckus about uh, OG Ananobi and spicy P. Pascal Siakam, but I think a a consistent contribution from the floor in terms of scoring, dribbling, and ball control from Fred Van Fleet can really propel the Raptors into a first-round close to a sweep.
1: Um, You know, once again, just because you went with the Raptors guy, I'll go with the opposite just to make it more fun. Um, when I look at the Nets, obviously you could say Karis LeVert. I mean, anybody who looks at those damn scoring column would say that. I'm actually going to go, though, with Joe Harris. I think if Joe Harris is able to get some open shots and knock him down, it'll be a huge boost for this team and help stretch the floor a little bit. I mean, I'm even sitting here watching the game as we speak and pretty much exactly how it's going to play out is what's playing out. So I think if that Joe Harris can step up and hit some shots, you know, some open shots, it'll help them to not be able to help out as much on Lavert and kind of loosen things up for him and the rest of the squad to go at it.
0: So the Raptors are minus 3,000 to win this series in Vegas, and the Nets are plus 1250 to win this series in Vegas. I don't think there's much value there in terms of the Nets because I don't think there's a way in hell they win this series. Let's move on to the 3-6 and six matchup, the number 3 seeded Celtics versus the number 6 seed 76ers um thomas penland do you think the sixers injuries are too much to keep them from competing in this series all
1: right call me crazy but the 76ers are better without one of sim in my opinion their best their best lineup is when they don't have either simmons or Embiid and horford on the court together when they have one of the three guys out there by themselves as their best lineup i mean i don't think they have the shooters they need to make that lineup pop as much as it could but one, they can play faster, and two, they can get more open shots because the whole defense is going to try to come in on and beat. he always do is throw it out and get wide open threes for his squad. So I think that's a nice thing for him at the same time, they're gonna have to play fast to make up for the fact their defense is substantially worse without Ben Simmons, who's arguably one of the best defensive players in the league, in my opinion, especially with his size and his quickness and everything so Call me crazy, but I think it makes the 76ers more of like a high-variance team rather than a, us knowing what we're going to get from we them. Can,
0: we can see the limited the limited ceiling when all three of those guys play together. Exactly. So I think um, this is going to be a pretty lackluster series. I think Embiid is going to play really well for the first two or three games, but he's going to get tired from doing the, doing it all himself. And the Celtics will run them out of town because the Celtics not only are a well-built lineup, but they are a well-coached lineup. They usually play play pretty well in the playoffs. So I'm going to take the Celtics in five games. What do you think?
1: Um, I'm going to go with the Celtics in five games as well. I also want to say this, too, just from a betting perspective on these games. When these teams go down three games to one or three games to none, I don't care what the number is for the other team. I will be taking it for the, like, the team that's the team that's up in the series. Because think about these factors right here. You have these teams who have been stuck in this bubble away from their friends and family. They haven't been getting any girls. They haven't been doing anything besides playing basketball. They're going to be like, screw this. Go ahead and pack my bags up. Let's come back to the hotel. And get, the, get the F out of town. They already got the flight book. They already got their bags packed and everything. These teams are going to come out there and give up from the beginning of the game. Therefore, I will be taking the over in those games, and I'll be taking another team. But anyway, back to the subject. I got them. I got the uh, Celtics in in five or four games here. I mean, sorry, five games. I could see the 76ers if my X-Factor and Josh Richardson steps up for the team. We I mean, need Josh Richardson to take over as a number two scoring option and hit some three-pointers and also get to the rack. If he can kind of complement Embiid and open things up a little bit for the rest of these guys, him and Tobias Harris, I really think that they might have a chance, you know, to win – two or three games, because, I mean, the Celtics in the paint have awful defense. I mean, if they can hit these shots and stretch the floor for Embiid, we might have a decent little series on our hands.
0: I I don't see the, the, the Sixers in, in any world really competing in this series. I, I get what you're saying about getting one of those three big ball stoppers, non-ball handlers off the floor at a time. But um, I think the Celtics, especially if we can see a guy like Jason Tatum step up, because we talk about a guy like Donovan Mitchell and how in his rookie year he was the one mm-hmm. that was leading the Jazz scoring effort and he was the one that was controlling the offense, that was good for his overall development. I think we've seen Jason Tatum's development halted a little bit because of Brad Stevens' overall team-eat kind of mentality. So I think if Jason Tatum can step up, get hungry, play like a dog, and take control of this offense, it'll be really good for his development, and there's no chance for the 76ers.
1: Yeah, and I'm actually going to agree with you, Cohen, that that's going to happen pretty easily, because think about it, who would be the guy guarding Jason Tatum? Probably Ben Simmons. Now it's going to have to be Josh Richardson, you know, things, I mean, Richardson's a damn good defender, but... He ain't no Ben Simmons, but yeah, I mean, Richardson and Harris are going to have to step up and be able to hoist a load. I mean, you can't have Josh Richardson having back-to-back five-point performances like he has right now. That ain't going to cut it, so he's going to have to step up.
0: So the Celtics are minus 435 to win this series, and the 76ers are plus plus three thirty-five or 355. I would have given the Celtics a little bit lower of a number than that, like minus 600 or 700. But I guess uh, with Embiid on the floor, anything's possible. Let's move on to the most competitive matchup, I think, in the Eastern Conference um, playoffs. I think this is going to be the only competitive series in the first round. Mm-hmm. The number 4 Pacers versus the number 5 Heat. Um, in my opinion, this is the most even playoff series in the East. Pacers are very banged up. So are the Heat. Um, when, push, when push comes to shove, I think that I'm going to take defense and controlled offense, rather than the Heat's kind of lack of defense. Wow.
1: You know, Cohen, I hope you're right, just because I'm a Miami Heat hater. But to be honest with you, man, I just don't think they can get it done here. And the Pacers, they just – let's put it this way. I'm going to go ahead and leak my X factor to you all too. My X factor for this series is T.J. Warren. Might be another kind of obvious one. But look, unless T.J. Warren comes out and scores 40 each game – it ain't happening, you know. Like the Pacers, they don't have what the the bodies they need anymore in there. I mean, they don't have Jeremy Lamb anymore. They don't have um, Sabonis as well. Uh, Tyreek Evans like, is
0: out. I mean, they have a laundry list of it. Yeah, Tyreek
1: so, Evans got, got kicked, kicked out of the NBA though. Yep. But um, yeah. yeah, yeah, he's he's done. But um, you know, I just really feel like man that this this Heat team, I'm not impressed with them, but I think they can get past the Pacers. The Pacers don't have the bodies or the numbers. I'm, I I mean. Pff, I'd be shocked, honestly, to see this one go six games. I think the East is pretty pretty easy. I think it'll be a five-game series once again. They'll be in and out of there pretty quick. I mean, I just don't – the Pacers, in their numbers, like they don't get to the free-throw line. They're like – they're literally the second-worst team in the bubble of getting to the free-throw line. So, I mean, they're not getting the basket like that. They don't hit the three-pointers like the rest of these teams in the league. I just see so many things that I don't like from the Pacers at this point. I think they're done.
0: The Heat, to me, have more talent overall than the Indiana Pacers do. Um, the Pacers' big three of uh, Oladipo, Turner, and Warren are all are gonna play same thing with Miami's um, Derek Jones Jr., Jimmy Butler, Bam, Jay Crowder, and Goran Dragic. Um, I think that Indiana plays a little bit more clean style of basketball. I really hate betting against Spolstra in the playoffs, so that's what why, why I'm really wary. And that's kind of why this series makes it the most even, almost out of the whole Eastern Conference playoffs playoffs as a whole. Um, mm-hmm. but when it comes down to in the bubble with no home court advantage, with everything in this vacuum, I'm going to take Indiana because they're the cleaner team. And like, and I, I 100% agree with your point. This, this Miami Heat team has showed me absolutely zero to be impressed by. They're, they don't scare me as a team. They don't impress me. I don't think Miami it, it deserves to win a first-round series.
1: No, I agree with you on that completely, and it couldn't show more how fraudulent they were than – I don't care – that they didn't have uh, Jimmy Butler, or that they had played the night before. I mean, you're up 23 freaking points on the Bucks, and you blew it. When you're They're, up 23 they, points, they, there's they no were, excuse. They were up <laughs> yeah, they lost by 14 points. Yeah, like, come on now. That's that, that's that was the yeah, that was the most piss poor thing I've ever seen. Look, I agree with you, and that's why I mean they might be able to squeeze a sixth game in this series, but like the the Pacers just don't have any more depth. You know, like when you look at their big men. Um Bidets, or however you say it, Gogo Bidets, Bide- I can't even pronounce his name, I don't even remember how to pronounce his name, but he's pretty much their backup center, him, like Jakar Sampson, you know, like, they really don't have anybody to play in the paint after Miles Turner and Warren, so, you know, I mean, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing that they don't have, I, I kind of like, honestly, like the way their offense works a little bit better without having Sabonis in there, you know, when you have those two big men in there, they slow the ball down too much, so they can move it around quicker, but you know, you basically are missing a max player in Sabonis and you have nothing to replace him. And then your other next best shooter probably in Jeremy Lamb to stretch the four forty's gone too. So I just think the Pacers are too underhanded. But if, yeah, if the Pacers were at full force, I'd you know, I would say Cohen, let's take him as a live dog. So
0: um the Heat in this series are minus three hundred to win the series, and the Pacers are plus two fifty. That is the most even number in the Eastern Conference by a small margin. Um my X Factor for this series is going to be Miles Turner. Can he protect the paint? Can he pull down boards? Can he beat off, um, no pun intended, um, Bam Adebayo? <laughs>
1: um, no, I mean, you made me laugh too much with that statement. <laughs> I realized but what um, I was saying as soon as I got it out. <laughs> hey, It's like that sometimes. You can't circle back. But um, you no, know, like I said, you know T.J. Warren, T.J. Warren's gonna need to average thirty-five plus four-round forty points. He's gonna have to play like he did at the beginning of the bubble in order to have any chance here. And honestly, I would love though to see T.J. Warren come out here and score forty a game and send Jimmy Butler packing. Nothing would put a bigger smile on my face.
0: So Thomas Penland, as we go uh, switch between the Eastern and Western conferences, let's bring up a, um, I think it's a storyline. The NBA bubble is now going to start allowing guests. For the after the first round of the playoffs, do you think there's any extra motivation by getting to see your girl, your family, your brother, your sister, somebody like that?
1: Yeah, absolutely, 100%. I mean, it just feels good, you know, to see some familiar faces for once. You've been in there for so long now, nobody's really been able to see anybody. It's always great to see some familiar faces and, you know, just to have even a little crowd support. You know, I like how a lot of these games, you'll see these benches getting hyped up and yeah. everything, trying, to, you know, to – swing a little momentum and everything. I mean, it's, it's, i played AAU, you know, I've been, I've been in basketball games before where you might have five people in the stadium. You know, it's up to you to bring the energy and bring the intensity. So I think anything is better than nothing. You know, I think it adds a little bit. What about you?
0: I think it's a very good reward for teams that win their first-round series to get to see their wives. There are people who aren't involved, like agents, personal chefs, mm-hmm. kind of people that you only know through like one degree of association. But if you can prove that you're in relation to someone, they're going to let you come in and use one of the guest rooms and kind of stay for a few days and kind of bring the spirits up of it, all the guys in camp. So I think it's just short of huge to, to be able to allow someone to do that.
1: Yeah, no, I I agree with you completely. I think it raises it. You know, I think it honestly might even raise everyone's level of play up a little bit more, you know, pick pick up the morale around the camp.
0: So going into the Western Conference, um, Dame Time and the Portland Trail Blazers are plus 460 against the Lakers, who are minus 580 in the one versus eight matchup. Um, Blazers were a great story, winning that number eight seed. Dame told us it Mm -hmm. was going to happen, and it did happen. Let's be realistic. In the first round of the playoffs, is there a shot?
1: You know what, Cohen? I've gone back and forth with myself on this one so many times. I'm going to say there is a shot. You know why? Look, Damian Lillard is cut from the same. I'm not sitting here telling you guys he's the same player as LeBron or he's as good as him. Obviously, they play different styles, and obviously, it's LeBron James. But, I mean, if Damian Lillard could ever get paired together with even one more NBA superstar, he would win a ring easily. If this Blazers team was in the East, they would come out of the East for sure. You know, like this Blazers team is that good? In my opinion, I have about six teams in the league that are on a different level from everyone else, and the Blazers are one of these teams. I think there's value on throwing like a twenty-five dollar, you know, as they call it a pizza bet. I don't know what kind of pizza you get. I don't know if you got Domino's or that's, that's Bellini, an expensive But fucking pizza. I, I, if you go to Fellini's, man, get that extra large meat meat lover. Yeah, you know, that's that's about around it, but. You know, I definitely think the Blazers have a lot of value and look, you can look at the Blazers defense. You can say they have awful defense. So, What are the Blazers defense bad at is the three point ball. They're horrible against the three point ball. Obviously, they have no one to guard LeBron. I personally think Nurkic, Zach Collins and Hassan Whiteside is a good group of guys to throw down in the paint against Anthony Davis, you know, and at least you can't really stop Anthony Davis, but at least someone hinder him and make it harder for him ultimately, I don't think the Lakers can take as good of an advantage as people think they can of that three po- horrible three-point defense. They like to do most of their work in the paint. Therefore, I'm still going to go with the Lakers. I say six games the Lakers win this series, but, I mean, it's it's going to be a dogfight. Every single game, I think, is going to be close.
0: I also agree with you that there is a more than outside chance the Trailblazers could I'm not going to say win this series because you know how, how, how game sevens against the 1-8 and eight mm-hmm. matchup go. But I think Portland can make this an incredibly, incredibly competitive series. The Lakers really haven't impressed me all that much in the restart bubble. They've had four really, really good games and four kind of bad games. So I think that the level of play hasn't been as consistent that we would like to see from the L.A. Lakers. Of course they have LeBron. Of course they have AD. Of course they have Kyle Kuzma. But I don't think that the Lakers, with all their injury problems and lack of traditional point guards, are going to run away with this series at all. I'm going to have the Lakers winning in six games, but I wouldn't be surprised to see number seven.
1: Yeah, I agree with you completely on that. Also, I want to say this, too, about the Lakers. I was very, very unimpressed with their performance inside the bubble, but I also want to say this. After the Lakers beat the Clippers that first game, they had a a six-and-a-half game lead. I mean, there's pretty much nothing to play for at that point when you both teams with seven games left. You know, like, that means pretty much the Clippers lose one game and you get it you don't even have to win another game. So, I think that's a huge factor. And just the fact, you know, the Lakers had nothing to play for and they're trying to get everybody in shape. I will say this, though. I think without Rondo, I mean, Rondo will be back at some point in time. Let's not forget, though, he had an injury on his dominant hand. I'm not going to say shooting hand because Rondo's not really a shooter. But on his dominant hand, but, you know, I think we're yet to see the best version of the Lakers, but I also think, you know, Dame Time is going to give them a run, is going to give them a run for their money, but ultimately I think the Lakers will pulled out. I will say this though, my X factor in that series is going to be um Carmelo Anthony. I think if Melo and Ge- slash Gary Trent, I think if those guys can be 3 and D guys and do something to at least slow LeBron down, it's going to be awesome. But honestly, I'm the most excited for any series in the entire like NBA playoffs for this series. I mean, it's going to be awesome to watch LeBron and Melo go at it.
0: Dig into the TP3 archives here for a second. Is this the first time we've ever seen LeBron versus Melo in the playoffs?
1: Yes, it is. When uh, Melo was in New York, they could never get to the point where they could play against the Heat. They would always get knocked out by like the Celtics or they would get knocked out by the Pacers or somebody. So they always avoided each other then. And then, obviously, when Melo was in Denver, they never played each other in the finals. So, yeah, this is the first time they've ever played each other in the playoffs. So, I mean, it's going to be awesome to watch. I mean, honestly, Dame, like, I'm ready for Damian Lillard to get the respect he deserves. He's the best point guard in the entire NBA. I mean, shoot, he's even. I would even go as far as to say that he's better than Steph Curry. Give him just one player who's in the top ten for him to play with. Like, imagine if him and, if him and Giannis played together. They would win the finals easily.
0: Well, you can send my condolences to the family of Chris Paul. I had no idea that he died over the weekend.
1: Um, Damian this- Lillard. Chris Paul can't even carry Damian Lillard's gym bag at this point in his career. Damian Lillard's on a different level. Cohen, Patrick Beverly, and Paul George mocked him on the bench when he missed two free throws. He scored fifty and sixty-one. He's cut from a different cloth of anybody in the league. He's pulling up from half court because that's the only place where he could get open. And he said, "Screw it, I'm open. I'm in." I'm on the court. I'm in range.
0: Dame Lillard may be a, a, a the best player, the best, a, very, a way better player than Chris Paul is, but Chris Paul is the best point guard in the NBA. Um,
1: hey, I, also, Chris Paul's never been pat- – the Chris the farthest Chris Paul ever went in the, the playoffs was – No, well, when he's with the Rockets, obviously, he got to the uh, conference finals. But yeah, 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 other yeah. than when James Harden put him on his back, that's the only time he's ever been out of the second round.
0: Ah, come on now um i I hate to pick low-hanging fruit uh just just about the guy we were just talking about but my x-factor in this series if the if the portland trailblazers want to have any shot at all we have to see dame time and we have to see playoff dame damian lillard is going to be the glue behind this portland team it's low-hanging fruit i know it's the obvious choice but that's the only choice there is if you ask me
1: yeah i mean my x-factor i'm gonna go with
0: you already said mellow
1: Yeah, yeah. I was, I was trying to think of somebody for the Lakers, though. Yeah. But honestly, whatever. Let's just keep moving.
0: I got Lakers in six in that one. Um, it'll be a fun series to watch. I don't know how many games the Trailblazers will actually physically win. They will be in just about all of them. But I'm not quite sure how to grade this series as a final. Um, the 2-7 and seven matchup in the West is going to be closer than I think people think. The two-seed Clippers versus the seven-seed Mavericks. I know the Mavericks, like you were talking about in the bullpen earlier, the Mavericks really don't match up super well against the Clippers but the Mavericks have an extremely talented team and I'm not going to count out Luca and Christos Porzingis playing on the same team as hot as they are right now. All right, guys, after some technical difficulties, we are back. Um, the 2-7 and seven matchup in the West, I think, is going to be closer than a lot of people think. I know in the in the bullpen, me and Thomas were talking about how the Mavericks really don't match up super well against the Clippers in terms of personnel and advanced an- analytics, but the Mavs do have an extremely talented lineup, especially when Chris Stapps and Luca play at the same time. They've been hot lately. Um, I'm not quite sure the Clippers have it all together. Like you were saying about the Lakers, I don't, I'm not quite sure we've seen the best version of this Clippers team yet. But I think they're going to be able to handle the uh, the Dallas Mavericks. I think the Clippers are going to win this series in six games. What do you think?
1: Um, What, well, you said the Dallas, Dallas Mavericks? Mavericks?
0: No, 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 the Clippers, Clippers, Clippers.
1: Okay, I was about to say, whoa, 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 what? I was about to go crazy on you, Cohen. But um, I actually think that the Clippers will handle them in five, maybe a sixth game. You know, I don't hate that prediction of them in six, but I'm going to tell you all why I think they're going to win in five games. So, this season when the Mavericks play against a team that has one player that's in the top 15 in usage rate in the league, the Mavericks or I mean the uh Clippers are 14 and 4 so straight up. Natty's even beating the Blazers when they sat Kawhi and all those guys. Um they play teams at, when they play teams with two of them like the Rockets, they're 0 and 6 or they're 1 and 6 this season. The only one they beat was the Rockets. So, that's something to keep an eye out for right there. But, you know, honestly, I really think that when you think about it and everything breaks down, you've got Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Patrick Beverley. So you can put one of those three guys on Luka and you can use the other two to go against him off ball. The Mavs bench isn't crazy deep to me either, although they seem to play well when Luka and KP don't play. Poor Zingas, I think, will have a little bit of a mismatch inside just because Montrose Harrell's been out for a little while. And I mean, Jamichael Green will get bullied by him. So Zubats is not quick enough for him. You know, he'll take him on the perimeter and abuse Zubats. But ultimately, I think the Mavericks are good, but I just think Luka and KP are too young. I mean, this is their first time in the playoffs. got to think about that, too.
0: Yeah, the Mavericks are missing some bigs due to injury. Um, my X Factor for, for this series as a whole will be someone that we really see a lot of buzzer beaters get hit on and someone who we kind of mock because he didn't, he didn't really show up in the playoffs. But I got Paul George. If he can give Kawhi Leonard some help, the Clippers should breeze through this series pretty easily.
1: Yeah, my X factor I'm actually going to go on the other side of things with Tim Hardaway Jr. If Tim Hardaway Jr. can step up and play the way he played in the playoffs in Atlanta a couple of years ago and hit threes at the end of the clock, you know, and kind of bail them out and stretch the floor a little bit and, you know, kind of make Kawhi and all these guys respect him and spread out a little bit, they're going to have a decent chance. You know, he can really open things up for KP and Luka to go off. But, you know, that's that's really what's going to come down to. I mean, he can change the entire outlook of this series with what he can do shooting the ball. Also, though, I do want to say this, too, that, I mean, I think Doncic were watching a great player come into his own. I think he's going to put up some crazy stat lines and have some great games in this series. Ultimately, though, I don't think he's going to be able to get it done down the stretch. The Mavs are ranked 29th in the league. I mean, they're, like, the top three worst teams in the entire NBA in defense since the restart happened, pretty much. Or, like, basically what they've been giving up, the points for game they've been giving up in the restart would have them ranked 29th in the NBA based off this season's numbers. That's what I, sh- I should have worded that better. But the Mavericks defense is really bad. I mean, they're going to try to get out and run up and down the court. But, I mean, the Clippers have so many different lineup styles they can play. They really can match up with any team the way they want to.
0: Yeah, as a as a, as a a built team, the Clippers are really good. And I know they were top two in the league, I think, in offense or defensive efficiency, mm-hmm. not just straight-up defense, but defensive f- efficiency. And the Mavericks were top two in offensive efficiency. So we should have a good battle on that side of the ball. But um, I don't know if Luka and KP together will have enough to really hold a candle to the Clippers' whole team.
1: Yeah, I also want to say this, too, last thing before we move on, is really the way I analyze these teams is I like to say, you know, who's your top three guys? Because, I mean, realistically in the NBA, it's all about the big threes, you know, like the Cleveland big three, the Miami big three, the Warriors big three, big four. I mean, when you look at the Mavericks, it's Luka, KP, and then, I mean, it's – and then, I mean, probably Tim Hardaway Jr., but he's ranked outside of the top 100 players in the league, in my opinion. I mean, you look at the Clippers, I mean, there's a lot of people you could pick as that number three after Paul George. But, I mean, I'd go Lou Will, and I'd say Lou Will's still easily a top 30 player in the league. So, top 30 you know, that gives, stretch. But, I mean, that's still, even when you think about the Blazers, too, you know, Nurkic, I mean, Lillard's top eight. I mean, he's one of the most elite players in the league. Then I mean, CJ and Nurkic are pretty damn I mean, high up good. there, too, in the top, in the top 30, so... You know, that's that, that's what I'm saying. That's another scary thing. I mean, the Lakers. Who's their number three? Kuzma. I mean, shit. He's outside of the top eighty players.
0: That's a it, it's a stretch for him to be considered a good number three.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like a lot of these teams don't have a number three like that. That's what makes the Blazers so scary. That's what makes the Clippers so scary. You know, they're they're deep like that.
0: So we saw Game 1 of this series today at 1.30 Eastern Time. It was a really good game, in my opinion. As a fan, I did enjoy to watch it. As a better, I did enjoy the money I made off of it. Number 3, Denver Nuggets versus the number 6, Utah Jazz. Um, I think the, the Jazz injuries have, have already taken them out of this series. I said that on the previous podcast that we did. I don't think that it's out of the question for them to win this first series. A loss today hurts. But they played a good game. They played respectable, even down two starters. Um, It'll be a good series. If Denver wins tomorrow, some of that kind of shine should kind of come off of this series. Um, Denver is minus 375 to win the series. Utah is plus 230. Um, No home court advantage, which hurts both of these teams with Denver being at at the altitude that it is and Utah being at the home court advantage we've enjoyed from them over the past few years and even into the 90s. So I have the Nuggets in six what do you have um you know
1: it's it's tough you know both teams so are missing starters you you know? let me
0: ask you this did, did seeing what you saw today take your prediction of the series that you made a week ago did it mess anything up
1: no honestly seeing what i saw today is about what i expected i mean, you know i'm gonna agree with you cohen i think six games sounds very reasonable in this series Look, Denver's down Barton and Harris. I personally thought Harris was horrible this season. I think they're still better off without him. Will Barton, though, can actually play some defense. He also averages 16 points and six assists. I mean, the thing is, Jamal Murray, when he – I've always said this. Jamal Murray plays like all-star Jamal Murray like he did today. The Nuggets are honestly on par with any team in the entire NBA. But when he plays like 16-point-per-game Jamal Murray, the Nuggets are very, very, very beatable. And that was what we – today we got all-star Jamal Murray. In a seven-game series, you're going to get both Jamal Murrays. He's only 23 years old still, you know. They're down – like I said, they're down two starters. I mean, Michael Porter Jr. really stepped up and played his way into being a starter. But at the same time, I mean, we literally watched his horrible defense get exposed this entire game. I mean, they went at him the entire game. Jerry and Grant's playing well, too. Um also too, Utah on the flip side of things, they're seventeen and eight against the spread now. So I mean Nim not having Conley necessarily isn't the biggest thing in the isn't like the biggest thing in the world, you know?
0: Yeah, those numbers kind of look inflated because Conley had such a bad start to the season. Conley was putting it on later in the season and kind of once he got his feet wet in the bubble. Conley should come back. My prediction was for Game 4. Maybe Game 3 if he can hurry up and get back. Um, I, I I like to think that um, the Jazz will continue to fight in this series kind of like they fought today. I wouldn't be disappointed if, if the Jazz fought like this every game, but still lost every game. Mitchell had 57, so it was a really good game to watch, but in terms of the Jazz, they don't scare me as as, as if I'm an opposing team, so I don't really see them winning the series. It's, it's not out of the question. The Nuggets even looked beatable today in a game where they won by 10 in overtime. The Nuggets were very beatable. The Jazz should have won that game in regulation, but um, it was a good game today. It's going to be a good series, I think. I got the Nuggets in six. If the Nuggets win tomorrow, that could shift down to five.
1: No, I, I think you said it best. You know, Nuggets in six. I mean, Donovan Mitchell's definitely the X Factor. He's got to step up and play like he did today every single game. Um, I mean, it's, it's unquestionable. He's the whole entire X Factor series. And on the flip side of things, you know, Jamal Murray the, is the X Factor for the Nuggets. I mean, honestly, we watched both these guys play their best game. We saw what happened. But, you know, like I said, they will be inconsistent. But I will say this, though. Donovan Mitchell has looked good since the bubble came back, and I've been waiting on Donovan Mitchell to take the next step in his game. He's kind of exposed in the last couple playoff runs they've had. I was thoroughly impressed with what I saw with him today. But also, too, I don't know if you noticed this or not, Jerry and Grant was the one guarding him. When you're as fast He's as Donovan Mitchell is and can hit threes the way that he was hitting threes today, if you don't score about 60 points on Jerry and Grant, you ain't doing it right. But, I mean, it was Torrey Craig before
0: that. Yeah, yeah, Torrey Craig got fouled out while he was guarding him, and then in overtime, Jerry and Grant really stuck on him in overtime. Mitch was just so tired and out of gas. It was it, it was over at that point. Uh, the last series we're going to talk about is York-Houston Rockets as the number 4 seed against the best point guard in the NBA, Chris Paul, and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, the Rockets are minus 153 to win this series, and the Thunder are plus 133, which is, by by Vegas, the most even series by far. Um This is going to be the most even series in the NBA, not just the West. It's going to be tough with Russ out for games one and two. I think they're going to try to get him back for game two, but I think he's going to miss games one and game two and then return for game three. Um, The Thunder are hungry after a slow start. Schroeder's out for OKC. So I think the X factor for this series for the Thunder is going to be um, Shea Gilders-Alexander.
1: I am honestly a little scared for the Rockets. I will say this, though. Look, do I think the Rockets will lose this series still without him in there, without Westbrook in there? No, I don't. Getting Eric Gordon back and kind of getting him in the swing of things will be big. I mean, I think if game one goes poorly, we might see him in there. But if we think about this. The Thunder like to play a lot of big men. None of those big men are going to be valuable at all in this series. I mean, Steven Adams is good, but Steven Adams should be standing on the permit regarding P.J. Tucker on defense. And
0: Steven Adams has, like, shit in the bubble, if you ask. Have-
1: hmm And that, too, and he has a foot injury that's slowing him down, too. I mean, this Thunder team's a little beat up. Also, too, Chris Paul's favorite way to play basketball is to get you in a pick-and-roll and get a, and put the center in a position where either, one, he switches on to him and he absolutely busts him up, or, two, where the center doesn't even know what he's doing and he just passes it to the big man. Well, he's going to be stuck in pick-and-rolls against Robert Covington and P.J. Tucker, who are both extremely good defenders and know exactly what he wants to do. So, I mean, I think that that is massive. But honestly, the underlying thing of this series that you didn't even mention, Cohen, is the fact that we get Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook, the guy everybody traded this offseason. They get a face-off now against their old team in the bubble. So, I mean, Chris Paul with a chip on his shoulder and Chris Paul in big games, is honestly, his ratings are off the charts. So that's a big thing to look out for in this series. But I think the Rockets will get it done. But, I mean, I think with Westbrook out, it's going to go seven games just because Westbrook's out.
0: I have seven games written down, and I'm pretty sure I have the opposite team that you have winning it.
1: I definitely don't hate your prediction. You know, if Westbrook comes back and he's not 100%, the Rockets are extremely vulnerable and beatable here in this situation. But if Westbrook comes back and he's good to go and plays like the Russell Westbrook he is, I mean, I don't I don't think the Thunder have a chance, honestly, in that situation. For my X-Factor, though, I'm going to go with Eric Gordon. They're going to need Eric Gordon to play like Splash Gordon and be hitting those threes and everything, he'll really help loosen things up. And also, I mean, he can do work too off the dribble. I mean, Eric Gordon is one of the most talented scorers like that in the entire league. So, you know, I think Eric Gordon can really help stretch the floor for the Rockets and he can get his shot going and everything. I think that's going to be massive.
0: Yeah, because I had the Thunder in seven games. Uh, This is pretty much a toss-up, not just in the Vegas lines, uh, because minus 153 for a favorite in a series is honestly pretty light. Those are pretty even numbers, 153 and plus 133. Uh, This is going to be a toss-up, if you ask me. The only reason that I went with the Thunder is because they've looked a little bit better in the bubble, and that's the only thing that we can grade This is the precedent that we have to follow, is the team that looks better in the bubble, I think, can continue to play good in the bubble.
1: Yeah. Completely. I mean, honestly, the Thunder have played well in the bubble. And like I said, you know, there's all these numbers. The Thunder is an underdog, the Thunder on the road, Thunder in this, that, and the other situations. So, you know, the Thunder definitely play well in this type of role. So, I mean, this series going to be a dog fight. This will probably be the closest series of the entire first round.
0: In terms of betting, there are only two underdogs that I'm taking in this first round, the Oklahoma City Thunder and the um... – Indiana Pacers so what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a little bit of what Thomas Pin been to call a pizza bet on on, on my two favorites and I'm gonna see if I can laugh in his face whenever they win
1: personally hope you lose both those Cohen for for both those reasons but the only first round matchup that I bet on was I took the Nuggets when it was at minus uh, 175 and minus 210 but I checked again not too long after that so I wanted to throw even more down on them and it was at minus uh, 290 to 310 so there was no value on it And i'm sure now that they're up one game to none that it's all the way up to now by like minus 500 or so so yeah that was probably was around a, the
0: day that uh that that conley told us he was going back to
1: Yeah. been right once that came out right before they had a chance to adjust but i will say this though i'm gonna give you all i know me and cohen said we we're gonna revisit our finals predictions mine was bucks versus lakers And I actually have a completely different prediction this time. And I actually have for y'all a nice little underdog bet that you can take to the bank for you. The Clippers will beat the Raptors in the NBA Finals. The Raptors currently sit at plus 454 to win the Eastern Conference. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you to lock it in. My reason being is the Raptors have more bodies and they've looked great ever since the restart. Yes, they lost the game to the Celtics. But Nick Nurse said, we'll see in the second round. I'm not showing you anything that we actually have to throw at you. Also, they did start the game out 0-16 from the floor, which, I mean, probably won't ever happen to them again twice. So for those two reasons right there, I mean, I feel even better about taking them. But also this, too. Nick Nurse is, does not get enough credit for being the smartest coach in the entire NBA. He's going to do exactly what he did last year to the Bucks in Parker Baca and Gasol in the paint. Throw spicy pee on him, and then he's going to have Van Vliet and Lowry in there as well. That's a great defensive lineup. They have other guys they can throw in there too, Norman Powell, and they won't even miss a beat on the defensive end of the floor. They can score the ball, obviously, offensively. I think the Toronto Raptors will win the East, and they'll take care of the Bucks in six games.
0: I didn't really make a super hard prediction on the East. Um, what I said was the two teams that will be playing for the Eastern Conference Final will be the Bucks and the Celtics. Um, as every day gets closer to that I'd like to think more so that the Celtics could beat the Bucks, but um, it's hard to bet against Giannis and it's hard to bet against Mike Budenholzer if you ask me so if you had to put a gun to my head I would have to say that the Bucks and Clippers would be playing for the uh, NBA championship and the Clippers would make easy work of them
1: that prediction either I just feel like Toronto is going to be able to do something I think that it's the fact that it's the bubble there will be some upsets you know I don't. I just think these first round matchups are too lopsided, to be honest with you. For there to be upsets, but you know, it's not going to be as chalky as it's been so far. I really think Toronto can shake things up, and they're being undervalued. Just the fact they don't have Kawhi. I mean, yeah, it's a huge blow. But Siakam, I mean, literally took his game up to another level. And then I mean, Marcus Sewell. I mean, he doesn't get the credit he deserves for being the defensive wizard he is. When he's in there, and when he's not, there, completely different team.
0: And Marc Gasol's adaption to the game to be able to shoot more threes and move a little bit less and rely less on athleticism and rely more on getting in the correct spots and playing good defense. Thomas Penland, that's about all I got for the first-round NBA preview between the Daily Degenerate podcast and Hot Takes with TP3. Why don't you plug yourself so we can get the hell out of here and go bet on some
1: games. Follow me on Twitter at TP three wins, on Instagram at TP three bets. I'm currently on a I'm currently at sixty-three percent on the MLB season and this last week I over twenty-five plays I was nineteen and six. Been a nice little run. I cooled off a little bit Sunday, but been hot. I'm just trying to keep winning, guys.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, you can find me at Cohen underscore Hughes on Instagram. Um, I don't do Twitter, but you can search Cohen Hughes and find me on Facebook. I post a little bit on there. You can find the podcast page at Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Um, Join the Daily Degenerate Sports Shit Talk and the Sports Connection groups on Facebook. Um, Best of luck, guys. Best of luck to your teams. Best of luck to you on the betting. Hope you guys enjoyed. Reach out to us. Tell us what we did right. Tell us what we did wrong. We'll give you a shout-out on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 137 of the Daily Degenerate Podcast collaboration with Hot Takes with TP3. Hope you guys enjoyed. Peace out.